Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Keith David, who we've seen in a million things from They Live to Princess and the Frog, and now is part of Dust with Flight 008. Keith, how are you today? Keith, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to get the finally chance to talk to you. Uh, I've been a big fan of yours over the years, and what seems to be old is now new again. We have this new radio show of yours that takes place on Flight 008 from Tokyo to San Francisco, and then somewhere along the line, you guys end up 20 years into the future. Yeah, isn't that interesting? I mean, it, like the Bermuda Triangle and stuff. <laughs> it, it sounds like a wonderful concept, and you know, you've been a staple in science fiction over the years, and now to go back and do a radio play, how does that feel to bring something that was so prevalent nearly 80 years ago to a modern audience? I love it. I listen to old-time radio all the time. In fact, you know, I mean, I, I have to... Uh, the only time I really play music in the car now is when I'm with my daughter. Um, because I listen to these kinds of stories. Oh, and if there was a... Um, I'm not, I'm not thinking of, of of all the science fiction ones that I'm that I listen to, but I listen to um, you know Channel 48 on Sir- Channel 148 on Sirius, mm-hmm. and they have you know like uh, Dimension X and X minus one, uh, and some other things like that. And, it's, and it, I mean, it's great stuff, right? And I, I mean, I love how I love how um, actors are just able to. Uh, um, bring to life these stories and you know we're, we're not we're not on camera but you have to uh you, 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 the acting is the same and you just see how vividly these these uh characters come to life i just think it's wonderful and, and you know having got gotten to narrate this particular story i loved it i had a great time uh, there are 11 prominent science fiction writers that have written the episodes, and it's kind of a mix of like an anthology style where, where we have different writers that take over, but also like comic books where someone has to continue the continuity, uh, but it, you know it's a new writer ta- putting their spin on it. Is there any difficulty in that transition from episode to episode? Um, you know, you iron, you iron that out. While while you're doing it, if something if something seems to stick out, then you try to fix it at, 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 at you know in the moment. But um, for the most part, you know that's what you know. Just like actors and how we have to adapt, that's what writers do. They they uh, take the task at hand and adapt their particular styles and and, and uh, for the genre and for the nature of the piece. And, you know, the, the, the transition can be, the transition can be seamless, you know what I mean? Right. I, did, I, I didn't experience any hitches in the giddy up this time. <laughs> there can be, but I didn't experience that. Well, I'm glad that it was a smooth transition for you and, and for how the story flows. Uh, in, in the old time radio, as we had mentioned, you know, everybody was in the room together. Everybody was recording all at once so you could play off each other. Uh, with the with the technology we have now and how everything's going with society, everyone's remote. Uh, is it done through like a Zoom call or a Skype call where everyone can interact with each other and hear the other participants? Or are you just recording your part in your own studio and it gets sent off and beautifully blended together? 
Well, I haven't done any since the pandemic. So, I mean, that's going to be the new protocol. I, I'm not, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure whether this would work on a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other means to do it. Uh, most so, and so to answer your question, most of the time, I'm recording by myself, you know, at home. Um, and you know, even before that, you know, sometimes that's the way it's done. Me in a studio by myself. If you're lucky, I mean, I think I think that that's um, it's a it's a it's a luxury that's more exception than rule to get everybody in the same room at the same time. Because you know, you I mean, especially as you get you know really good working actors, uh, you know, you you kind of fit this in where you can because it's it's not like it's uh, a whole lot of time and maybe it's just a couple of hours of your time, and if we all have that same window of time together, then, you know, if, you know, out of a cast of five, maybe two of us are in the room together or three, if that's possible. That is not always possible. Yeah. Uh, the, sto- the story is so intricate and, and yet simple for the fact that it's a 20-year time jump. When this was presented to you and you read the, the pilot episode, how was your reaction to it, and what did you feel that that was going to bring out your best performance for something like this? Well, first of all, I had uh, I had the director right there with me, um, telling me what to do uh, and how what he wanted. So, um, um. You know, that, I mean, it was easy. I mean, that's that's what we do, man. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's and just what we do. And this isn't your first foray into animation. I mean, you've done Todd McFarlane's Spawn, Coraline. Rick, you've been on Rick and Morty, Gargoyles, Princess and the Frog. I mean, I don't have to read your resume back to you, but for the people that don't know. So voice acting and, and acting are, are still the same in essence. Um but with some something like this, is, is sci-fi a little more closer to your heart because you've done so much of it? Well, it is because uh, it was how I started my career in the movies, and you know, I mean, and even as a kid, you know, I used to watch killer theater, and, and I loved all those stuff. You know, just the original thing, you know, the creature from the Black Lagoon, you know, all the, you know, all those kind of space monster things. I loved that stuff. Right. Um, so it's always fun to get back to. But like I said, since I listened to Dimension X and uh, X minus one and all those kind of things on the radio, it really is fun to do the, I mean, you know, I'm, you know, I'm very happy that podcasts are doing those these days. I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. And it's, I mean, I think it's fun for the audience. I mean, you know, and you know, you can listen into your car, you can, you can be at home and have it on your phone and, and suddenly, you know, you can, you know, you, instead of watching the boob too, mm-hmm. you could be engaged listening. Right. Yeah. You have so you have so many more options. You can still be cleaning the house and listening to the show while while it's playing. Yeah. You know, with with a radio play, I, what I love about the old style radio plays is, is that nothing is scarier than our own imagination. Uh, when you go back, right? And listen, exactly. You know, <laughs> when you go back and listen. Obviously, the picture in your mind is going to be different than, than Alfred's mind, or it's going to be different than Calista Flockhart's mind. Um, have you guys talked afterwards and talked about what you visualized seeing in, in the uh, radio play? No. 
<laughs> no, we didn't have that luxury. Because, <laughs> you know, uh, what about your daughter's reaction? How is it when? Well, when they, mean, but again, again, that's I mean that's that's how you you mean you 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 learn to trust the director's vision <laughs> because he's quite you know it's like a in that sense it's kind of like a vocal jigsaw puzzle. Right. He's putting all those parts together, so I have to trust the direction that he gives me. To fit in with his vision, and, and most, you know, I mean, most of the time, there's nothing to argue about. It's just a matter of choice. If I disagree with whatever he's asking me to do, I ask him, "Okay, can I try it like this?" Because I hear it a different way. Usually, they let me do that, and then it's their choice. Well, I'm glad that they trust you and enough to give it a second take. The, the, the final, well, the final, you know, the, the you know, the the. Uh, Proof of the pudding is the final cut, and um, and and you have to again trust that the choice that whatever you know whatever we did the choice that he made fits into the way he wants this the way he you know is, has envisioned it. Uh, Keith, I, I know you know, I might, if, I, if I were doing it, I might have I might have chosen the other thing if I were doing it, but hey, that's not how he heard it, so it's okay. Oh, good. Right. Uh, Keith, I know our time is limited, so before I let you go, I want to, to ask, uh, someone's looking for a brand new podcast, you know, sci-fi is their genre, they they read the quick blurb on the description from Dust about Flight 008, why should they tune in? Um, if you look at the cast, you should know why you tune in, <laughs> but also... If you like this genre, if you like this sci-fi genre, yes, you have a lot of choices. But again, look at look at the cast. Look at the cast. This is a great. This is a great cast. I mean, you, I mean, if, if if nothing else, even if you don't like the story, you're going to like the way it's been told. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Thank you so much, Keith David. Flight 008, streaming through dust, a radio play that we just can't get enough of. And if you're only going to listen, Keith David is my reason to do so. Thank you and have a great afternoon. I appreciate you, man. All All right. right. Take care. Bye.